This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. What's up, everybody? This is Dante Greco, former TMZ field producer, and I'm on the Hollywood Raw podcast talking about the time I almost got shot along with Kodak Black, giving P. Diddy a ride in my car and shooting Amber Heard as she showed up to give a deposition against Johnny Depp. Thanks, Dax and Adam. Hey, everybody, it's Tony Robbins. Hey, guys, I'm Audrina Patrick. Hey, this is Adam Carolla. You're on the Hollywood Raw podcast. You're watching Hollywood Raw. You're listening to and watching Hollywood Raw. This is the Hollywood Raw podcast, hosted by entertainment veteran Dax Holt and street journalist Adam Glynn. The podcast humanizing Hollywood. From celebrities to media moguls, even paparazzi and bodyguards have come to break news, break their silence, or just have a great conversation on Hollywood Raw. If they're on Hollywood Raw, there's a reason from page six to tmz daily mail and people magazine everyone is talking about the hollywood raw podcast with dax holt and adam glenn what's up everyone welcome to the hollywood raw podcast adam glenn on the other side of this how are you bud uh i'm good dax uh welcome to the hollywood raw podcast guys uh was my was my welcome not good enough you had to go and up my welcome yeah i just want to make sure people are yes you greeted them but i want to greet them as well you know that's the type of guy I am. I like to say hello, shalom, welcome everybody to the room. Uh, we have a great episode today. It's one of my favorite type of guests, and it's because it's uh, Dante Greco is our guest today. He is a guy who's a a fellow TM, former TMZ uh, field producer, and it's guys like that where we we bond. Like guys like we just have this bond because nobody went through the stuff we did. And uh, I just love hearing their 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 war stories. The, the, the stories of like running into celebs out in public and the way pe- celebs treat e- each other or or the the field producer. I, I love these stories. I think that we get more feedback on on these types of interviews than anything else we do. I'd 100%. say so. They're just fun, man. That's it's it's just a fun story. I just. I enjoy it. I really do. Um, before we get to our, our guest today, we read your reviews live on air. It's the best thing to do to support this podcast. Where go to uh, the podcast app on your phone if you're listening to on an iPhone or wherever you listen to iTunes, wherever you, or Spotify, wherever you listen to the podcast. Let's just say, for example, for now, you go to the podcast app on your iPhone. Put in Hollywood Raw. Go all the way to the bottom. Put five stars. Say a few kind words. If you do that. We'll actually read your review live on air. Dax has some reviews ready for us. Dax, uh, who left us a review? Uh, these are our thank yous for uh, taking the time. All right, this one comes from Miss2050. says, love, five stars. I am so happy to have found this podcast. Interesting interviews with a great variety of people. That's 100% true. I We used to get nervous, like, oh, it, this wide variety of people. Like, is it going to be off-putting? And it's turned out to be the opposite. Like people really like, you know, hearing from people maybe they wouldn't have either thought of or they haven't heard from in a very long time or just have a different perspective on the entertainment industry. So thank you. We appreciate that. All right. Another one coming from Christy Borzoni. Satisfying my need to know more than the average dot, dot, dot. I can't see what the rest of the headline says. But uh, five stars. I am such a behind-the-scenes junkie when it comes to pop culture and this podcast. Thus far, I am three 
to four episodes in. Fill in the blanks. Now tell me what to order when I go to Craig's. Ooh, you know, Craig. I wish I knew. I've never been to Craig's. So oh, I guess it's Clisty. Clisty Borzoni. Uh, Clisty, I have no idea. I've heard like the chicken parm is good, but I've never been there personally. Interesting. Um, do we have one more or is that it for today? Let's do one more. Okay. One more. All right, this one keeps from uh, is coming from Keep On Living. Said new listener, new listener, and loving it. Five stars. Um, the comment says new listener, and I love this podcast. Heard you on Juicy Scoop, and I've subscribed, and I had to stop by and give you all a five star review. Keep on living. Thank you, 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 thank you. Thank you. I appreciate. We appreciate it. We appreciate um, that again. Yeah, it's huge for us. Very big. With that said, Dex, tell us about our guest today. Oh, this is, can you hear me rubbing my hands together, getting excited for this podcast? You better be rubbing your hands and not your penis. <laughs> well, <laughs> I got one hand in my pocket. You sicko, right. yeah. <laughs> uh, our guest today is for, uh, former TMZ producer with over a decade of experience running around the streets with his camera, looking to get great interviews. Uh, our friend, Dante Greco. So we got Dante, Dante Greco. On the podcast, I love these interviews because Dante is a fellow journalist, a fellow producer like myself. Uh, we worked uh, for a former company. If you Google me, you might see where I used to work, and he worked there as well. Um, but uh, it's it's funny. I, I We call each other journalists, and Dax doesn't understand the word paparazzi because explain – you know, like when people call us, we, we don't – we – get offended by the word paparazzi is that would you agree to that Dante? absolutely adam paparazzi is totally reductive uh, about what we do see the paparazzi really to me is just taking pictures you know maybe shooting some b-roll video but what we had to do we had to sit there we had to write questions we had to know all of the news you have to instantly engage somebody who you've never met before a lot of the time and get them to trust you and talk to you and listen to you. And you got to listen to them and like fire back with a, a good follow-up question. And you're trying to make news the whole time. So it's a little much plus ever since the paparazzi killed princess Diana, it's just the name has been horrible. You don't want to be attached to it. So true. So it's, it's offensive to be called a paparazzi. For us, yes. Some people don't mind the thing. Like some people call me paparazzi and it's easier. Sometimes when I explain people my job, I say it's sort of like a paparazzi, but it's easier to explain to someone. But but I I do think the way that Dante just explained it where he looks at paparazzi as someone who is just simply taking photos from a long way away. Like there's no questions. There's no interview which then changes your title to a street journalist or a producer or someone that is utilizing more than just a camera. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, okay. and they're skilled photographers. You know, you see the shots that get picked up in the magazine and whatnot. There's guys who are good at that. But to me, that is paparazzi. And what we do is just a lot more involved. Okay. So it's good. And no, I love, I love hearing the the explanation uh, of it because like adam said i think that because i i don't have any ill feelings towards the towards anyone that is in the industry whether they're pap or street journalist or producer i will sometimes lump people together and maybe that's just wrong of me but that's how i've just kind of always thought it. i just don't have any ill will so i i've never looked at it different but i've also never really been in your shoes out there in the field 
But Dante, I think you said it best. Ever since the Princess Diana situation, the Princess Diana death, the word paparazzi is just, it's hard to, it's so hard to explain because you'll be on the streets and people like, they'll tell you to get a life and get, I'm like, yeah. dude, I, I'm actually, no, yeah, I'm working you know and it's, it's That's hard. More, that, I feel like that comes with celebs acting like they're better than camera people. And yeah. in that regards, like we all know that these celebs are calling cameramen, paparazzi, whatever they're calling them to get their photos and then pretending like they don't want them there. And I feel like celebs are perpetuating that hatred towards anyone who has a camera in their hand. And it's not really fair. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And I will say it's a little bit better now. It was at its worst with Princess Diana. And then again, I think with the Britney Spears stuff in 2007, where she was just constantly being bombarded every day, like the word paparazzi was really bad. Now it's a little bit softer edged in a way. You know, it's fun. I think TMZ and uh, our approach has gone a long way in terms of changing the perspective, the public perspective on uh, paparazzi. You know, it's not as slimy or as sleazy anymore, uh, I feel like, in a way. Plus, with everyone having a camera now, it's like, who are you Everyone's to judge? Everyone's a paparazzi. Yeah. Uh, that, and that's what I've looked at. It's like every person that wants to badmouth it, well, the second you're in a club and you see someone doing something crazy and you pull out your phone you're doing the same thing. So what, how, you know what, I want to get into how you got into this business. How did you become one of the lead street journalists, field reporters for TMZ? How did that happen? Uh, I had been working at, um, I was working part-time at a valet company and a guy who you've had on here before, Jeremiah Smalls, um, <laughs> He was working there with me. And then one day I found out that he had gotten hired by TMZ and I heard he was, you know, doing well and, uh, you know, making good money. And I thought, well, I could do that. You know, ask questions to people. I'm interested in Hollywood. You know, I was like an aspiring actor and, and all that. So I reached out and he got me an interview and then, you know, I did my two week trial and I made it in. So that was back in 2011. Yeah. So actually that's rough. I started, a year, year or two before you. So you get a trial. In that, in that two-week trial, it's basically to see what, what was the goal of that two-week trial. That was like the first week I went out with another camera guy to train me. And he would kind of show me the ropes, t teach me how to ask questions, give me some questions, do our first interview. You know, it was like one of those out-of-body experiences, like so nervous, just holding the camera, running up on Jack Osborne. But was that your first interview, Jack Osborne? It was my first attempt, but I double pumped the camera. Oh, and then I got record. I got back in the trainer's car and he was like, I'm going to pretend I, that I didn't know that that happened. So, that <laughs> get in trouble. so, so you guys never reported that you Jack was there. At we did moment. not report that. Yeah. Smart man. Smart but man. then um, the second week, they just threw me out on my own to see if I could come up with my own questions and spot my own celebs. And I was able to. And uh so who was your first like big interview? The one that you brought back and it wound up on TV. Um, probably one of my first that I felt showcased my personality was with Ernest Borgnine, which oh, shows you how long ago I started working there, <laughs> that he was alive and walking around. Um, he had given this interview a few years before where they asked him, you know, Ernest, what's the secret to a long life? And he said, well, you know, uh, I masturbate a lot. 
And so <laughs> when I saw him walking down Bedford in Beverly Hills, I was like, Ernest, you know, are you still doing it? And he's like, ah, oh, come on, leave me alone. I said, are you doing it? He said, ah, you want to stay alive, don't you? Of course I'm doing it. <laughs> so that was like the first one that I felt made a bit of an impact. And then just like some Harvey assignments, you know, where it's like high pressure. We got to get this shot. It's a breaking news thing. And I was able to pull off a couple of those and make a, a good impression from the right, awesome. right out of the gate. So, you're so what a lot of people don't know about TMZ is that a lot of the camera guys have different areas, different beats of the city uh, that they will cover because the, they get so good at knowing the celebs and the comings and goings and which restaurant has the most people at lunch and which dinner place has the most people there. What was your territory that was like your beat? Beverly Hills. Beverly, Beverly Hills. Hills for several. When I started out, it was West Hollywood, but the majority of my career, I was just pounding those streets, pounding on Cannon, pounding on Rodeo, pounding on Bedford when that was a thing. Beverly Hills. So was it, I mean, I'm from New York. I do, we did the same job, but you're in Beverly Hills. When you're on Cannon and Rodeo, is it just celebrities everywhere? Like if you just walk around, are you just bound to run into someone? Yeah. Like before the pandemic, before the pandemic, you could just kind of hang out in Beverly Hills between Cannon and Bedford and just walk those streets all day long. And you're going to get at least a few people. You could sit at Il Pestaio and two or three people will show up in a day. It might sometimes be the same people who were there yesterday, but like there was definitely there was almost a guarantee you were going to get celebs. Now it's calmed down a bit, especially during the daytime. Correct me if I'm wrong, but like. Rodeo has the name, but not as many celebs are on Rodeo. They're normally like two or three streets over, right? Like where the montage is. Like I feel well, like I, I wouldn't see him walking down Rodeo as much, but like on Bedford and what's the other one again? Uh, Cannon. Cannon. Yeah, Cannon. Cannon. There's a Cannon. lot of like boutique shops that aren't as big of a name, but that's where the celebs are going to. Am I, am I yeah. wrong? Restaurants I, there or? No, no, Canon is where the restaurants are yeah. and where the montage is. So yeah. Canon is where you're going to go and you're going to see someone sitting having lunch. But Rodeo is where you're, you know, it's, you've got to depend a lot more on tipsters and you kind of just got to be there with your eyes open because someone will pop out of Gucci and then get into a, a waiting car and take off, you know? Yeah, so crazy. It really is. How do the people on the streets, on the streets react to you? You know, like they see you as a part of their L.A. experience, like tourists, do people in the stores treat you like shit? Like what was the vibe like in L.A.? No, a lot of times, like especially I looked at it kind of like Beverly Hills and parts of West Hollywood were the playing field. We knew the celebs were going to be there. The celebs knew we were going to be there. So if you're showing up there, it's like we're we have an unspoken agreement. And the people that work at the restaurants and the shops sort of got that, too. And the tourists were always excited to see you pull out the camera. Like, it was rare that I would hear someone say, oh, get a real job or, you know, loser, you know, stuff like that. That was so rare. I couldn't even remember one particular instance. People were excited. Like, they liked it. I also feel like TMZ had the cool factor versus, you know, like just being a, a no-name person with a camera in your hand. Like, you had to... I don't know if you did, but a lot of people had the little TMZ card on their 
their yeah. camera like Adam. I think I might have started and, that, by the way. Yeah, I absolutely <laughs> think you started it. But I think the second someone sees it, it almost gives you credibility and they want to talk to you. Did you have one of those little TMZ business cards on your camera? I did. I think Adam probably started it too because uh, we didn't have them for years. But like the last five years, I had one on there and it helps with the public and it helps with the celebrity because at least they know they're not talking to like some no-name blog. They're talking exactly. to TMZ. And when you were out there roaming around in Beverly Hills, where was the spot that most celebs went to? Like if you if you had a friend coming into town and they're like, oh, I just, Dante, I just mm-hmm. want to see a celeb. Where would you send them? Well, the most surefire place to send someone is Craig's over on Melrose mm-hmm. in West Hollywood. Like you send them there any night of the week, they're going to see somebody. But during the daytime in Beverly Hills, it's Il Pestaio, Ebaldi, when it used to be open five days a week. Um, yeah, you could sit at the montage and probably see somebody. But like Il Pestaio is the main spot. It's right there on the corner. You can see everybody inside and outside. You know, it's not like hidden. It's not like Spago where like you have to go all the way in to find somebody in the back room or something like it's it's very open. So that would be the place. Foley said the same thing. Is the food that good at this place? El Pestaio, Yes. I used to eat there all the time. Like they're so fast. They have so much turnover. They almost I don't think there was one bad meal that I had there. They they just have it down to a science. I've never had food at Craig's. Is it any good? Have you been there? I have not been there. Because it's hard to go back there, you know, after you've worked all week and then you got to walk in and then they're looking like, what are you, you're supposed to be outside. What are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) What, what, what's the vibe like outside of Craig's? Like when you, when you're waiting for a celeb or when a celeb shows up, what's, what's it like? What's the energy like out there? There's definitely a little bit of a buzz, you know, because it's a busy street anyway. A lot of cars driving by, especially at dinner time. So people walking by will stop especially when a celebs getting out or like when we're waiting like a couple months ago we were waiting for rihanna when she was still pregnant to walk out and the security guard kept coming out so we kept thinking she was coming we were all packed into the doorway i think i got COVID after this but (laughs) we were all packed tightly in the in the doorway and then a crowd just built up and was like a huge sidewalk crowd it turned into like a, a giant like a hundred people, not a hundred people, maybe like 50 people out there. But generally it's like me when I would have to work there and five or six other camera guys. And then you have autograph seekers and they're all waiting to see who's getting out of the car and who's coming out. So, you know, it's very busy. It's a scene. I was gonna say, it's, it sounds so fun. I feel like I've watched it so many times. I've just never been like in the crush and it looks like it'd be really fun to be a it's part of definitely it. an experience yeah. dude it, it is there is an adrenaline to it like any no matter i still get like not goosebumps but there's there's definitely adrenaline to what we do would you say Adam, that Dante? i feel like you're fueled off of that adrenaline like i've i don't know how adam asks questions as quick as he does and as fast and on his feet it, it is a skill that impresses me every moment that I see it happen. But, like, I, f- I feel that that powers you. It's your superpower. A celeb comes out and you're, like, on the ball. Yeah. I'm assuming, Dante, you're the same way. Like, I think this is just a gift that you guys have been given where you're ready for it. It's I, definitely I, something you have to work on. Yeah. Like, it becomes like a sixth sense. You have to train your mind to think that way. 
Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, There there is an excitement when it's a big story, you know, like a big celebrity who's in the news right then. And you're going to be the person to get the interview. And you're going to, you know, you got your questions lined up and you're listening and all that. That's when the excitement comes. Sometimes okay, it's... Okay, I wait. The, uh, a celeb just pulled up. Oh, She's oh, wait. To get what kind of car? We're, we're, it's, we're, it's, it's a Range Rover. Oh, Range Rover. Um, nice car. And we're going to see. Both of you are there ready to get the, ready to see who pops out of the car. Let's see who can do a better job. All right. You ready for this? And okay. out walks Amber Rose. Amber Rose, did a tattoo on your forehead really hurt? Amber Rose, did <laughs> Amber, so Kanye, you just said that you weren't surprised that Kanye broke up with Kim. Uh, you know, what advice would you have for Chaney Jones or whoever the next woman is that that uh, gets roped into his world on making it out safely? I like it. She ignored you, Adam. What did you? What you? What, you, what are you asking? <laughs> I just asked a stupid question about that tattoo on her forehead. If it hurt, honestly, <laughs> honestly, if she's showing up. I'm just going to let her go right in and I'm going to pretend to ask a question. I'm going to be like, Amber, Amber. That on video, they can like they get angry when you don't ask a question. And okay, then I'll think of something. Is she one of those out. people, though? Is she one of those people that like if you were to see her and you don't ask her a question, she gets mad? Because sometimes that happens with celebrities. If, if you're the, not filming her, she's not going to be impressed. She doesn't get mad. You know, people who are uh, waiting for me to send the video in would get mad. <laughs> They'd just be like, why did you just let her walk by? So I pretend. I go, Amber. Oh, oh, oh. All right. I got one more for you guys. You actually have to take your time, though. I'm going to go with Dante first just because I want to see what his question will be. Range Rover pulls up. Hayden Panettiere walks out. Go. Hayden, you know, uh, your husband is over in Ukraine right now. Your ex-husband's over in Ukraine fighting for our freedom. Uh, any any words for his fans? How's he doing? Okay, How's Vladimir? Hayden, do you think, uh, how are you meeting guys now, Hayden? And what is your what is your strategy? What are you looking for in a guy? That was good. All right, that was fun. See, I always, <laughs> I always had the the strength of like the political. Like some camera guys used to be like, dude, it's not a sixty minutes interview. You don't have to be so serious <laughs> when you're asking questions. You're making the celebs uncomfortable. But I went that way because that's like the stuff that I would be reading all the time. The Trump years were great because political news was just everywhere in the mainstream. So like, I was eaten during the Trump years. <laughs> it, it is crazy but I, I would say with hayden have you guys seen that she's having a like a big comeback now or she's trying to get her yeah career back on track? she's now in the new screen movie or something yeah yeah she's big i okay. mean the first thing that popped in my mind was like hayden came out and said i did a bunch of drugs and almost died but it's mm-hmm. hard to make a fun question out of that so <laughs> not a good icebreaker moment so when no. you were walking through the pearly gates what point did you decide to come back yeah i mean that's yeah i mean listen it's a big news story dante what is the biggest news story that you've worked on uh let's see probably recently it was the caitlin jenner interview last year where uh, she was gearing up to run for governor and she admitted to dante greco of tmz that she did not like the idea of trans boys playing in women's sports and she was against that that was pretty huge that was your that was your video that was me that video was huge huge i saw that playing on every nightly tv show i think they played it on the view caitlin got a lot of heat for those comments 
a lot of heat. What was it like when she was saying it? Did you know what a big quote you had in your hands at that moment? Um, yes. I mean, when it's happening, you're just like, those are those shots where it's the big shot. It could be like huge news and you're right there. So like, you're fi- kind of like nervous and focused. And then I had to go back. Like I, it just goes out of my mind. I have to go back and rewatch it and be like, did she say that? She said this. And then, you know, then I realized like, this is probably pretty big. Sometimes I don't know. Sometimes I have to run it by someone and say, do you think this is anything? But with that one, I could tell because she was running for governor she is transgender and she's saying i don't like transgender people you know like that's that's big news they were shocking statements and then that's why the story became so so massive i mean adam do you remember that that video was everywhere i remember how big that video was and it was just so rare because at least from my experiences caitlin was never the the best or warmest when it came to a camera in her face she didn't really talk she would you know she in New York, especially she would, where she would stay, she would go to the Starbucks across the street every single time. And you'd see her and she'd go, like, it was routine. You, the same time every day she'd go to the Starbucks. But she would never talk. So, the, in fact, that she actually talked was just wild in itself. Not well, she, only did she talk, but she was at a Starbucks. And so <laughs> was she? Even crazier. In Malibu, yeah. Well, see, I'm telling you, she, was, she loves Starbucks. Um, and did of routine, you, so yeah. when that shot is done, did you, were you able to talk to her off camera? No, because she slammed the door on me on that one. Cause she didn't like my follow-up question. So Which she was, was just like, have a good day. I said, well, you know, doesn't that delegitimize the identity of people that are transitioning or, or something to that effect? And she was just like, have a good day, slammed the door and took off. That, wow. And tell me if I'm wrong. That I mean, obviously, that Caitlyn video w- was massive. But were you there for the Kobe accident? Like, I feel like you were somehow tied to that. And I don't remember what, but I feel like there was something where you were tied to the whole Kobe story. That's right. I was the only camera guy on that morning. It was a Sunday. And I remember I was outside the SLS hotel in West Hollywood trying to get Tiffany Haddish or something like that. And they called and they said, listen, we need you to head out to Calabasas. You need to like hike up this mountain and find this air, this helicopter wreckage. And it wasn't known yet that Kobe had died or that he was involved. So I'm driving out there like, okay, well, you know, maybe, you know, it's helicopter owned by Kobe Bryant. Maybe he lent it out to somebody like Kobe's not going to die in a helicopter accident. But as I was driving out there, I got the TMZ app alert saying Kobe Bryant dead helicopter. And I was just like, wow. And But then you have to, because I grew up in LA. I used to live down the hill from Kobe. I would see him teaching his wife how to drive his Ferrari and like see him at Panda Express and stuff. And I'm a big Laker fan. So... You have to process all of that, but then get to the scene and try to get in. You know, the cops are trying to stop everybody from getting close to the accident scene. Got to run through some neighborhoods and other people were showing up in their Lakers gear and whatnot. But yeah, I I wasn't able, fortunately, to get too close to the accident because I really didn't want to. But from the street, it was just up this kind of small hill in Calabasas. You could see the smoking wreckage and, you know, it was just shocking. So you didn't know, like they just told you to go kind of check out that accident, but you had no idea until you were like 
almost there that it was cool. It, it was it was like hey helicopter accident helicopter owned by Kobe Bryant or, or like registered to Kobe Bryant but it wasn't clear until I was like already almost out there and what was the scene like for like all the people that were finding out and they were then headed there and seeing this like what was the scene like uh, you know and everyone walking up everyone was just in shock there were people in the neighborhood standing out there who were telling me about how they heard it you know they were just like oh it was just i was sitting here and then there was a crunch and um people were i don't know if i saw tears from people but it was just shock and a lot of people showing up in laker gear and the crowds just kept coming until eventually they um sent me off to the mamba academy in thousand oaks where he was headed to see if anyone else was there but uh we, we didn't get any shots and you know it was just it was crazy i didn't end up getting much great footage that day i shot b-roll of the scene but in calabasas the cell phone signal is so bad that i couldn't even send any of it in and after a while they were just like you know what just cover it if anything big happens but uh you know it's a, just that was a but, crazy day i remember exactly where i was when i saw that alert pop up on my phone and the same way it was just like that stunned feeling of like no this can't be true there's no way this is true yeah and then his daughter too and like we didn't know how many were in the, in the helicopter were you in la that weekend dex yeah well uh not i was in orange county oh okay because that LA. weekend there was a like the strangest fog in la that whole weekend and like that is kind of what ended up blinding the helicopter pilot or whatever it was just such an eerie thing i thought about it the friday night before and then that sunday when the helicopter crashed it's like jesus you also worked in nashville for a little bit how as a journalist how like doing what you did how was it like working doing as a street journalist how was it doing it how was it like working in nashville how did the city, did they react to you well? Did, were you able to get a lot of people there? What was the vibe like there? Well, it was a lot more enjoyable than the story that I just told. <laughs> but um, it was, uh, Harvey had taken an interest in Nashville that year. And so well, they Nashville's sent me. huge, right? Like it's full of stars. There's just no camera people out there. Yeah, this like... was back in 2014. And uh, he sent me out for a few different weeks at a time first when they had some big festivals and they hooked me up with some people that helped me um, get a lot of interviews. So like it seemed like, oh, this place has so much content. This is great. And eventually they said, do you want to move there? I said, oh, OK, because we had tried to find a camera person out there. But, you know, TMZ, it, it's a style. It's it's not it, there, there wasn't anything like that in Nashville. So we weren't able to find the right person. So I said, well, yeah, if you're paying for the move, sure, I'll go. And I went out there and found out that while there are a lot of big names and a lot of big people coming through town to perform, it's not the names are bigger locally than they are nationally. So after like six months, we realized it's not a viable enough market to have a full-time camera guy there. Cause it's just all like little local country stars that, you know, we, we, we can't put them on TV or on the web every week. That was the one thing that I thought was really smart that Harvey would do is like, see where a hotbed was that had never been, 
the word sounds weird, but infiltrated, but that's like what comes to my mind, like Nashville, Washington, D.C., Vegas, like he, he was very smart about putting camera people on the ground there and, you know, getting getting video that you've never got before. I, th- I thought it was really smart. Who was your biggest get in Nashville while you were there? Um, Jeez, it was probably just, it was weirdly the story that had the most impact from there was this guy who I don't even know if you guys would have heard of. His name is Ricky Skaggs. He was a guitar player, big country star. And he gave me an interview saying that it was something about homosexuals and how like that we're all children of God, even if they're in the wrong, you know, it was like a religious thing, but that seemed to gain some traction. Also one with Steven Tyler, where I asked him if he had read uh, Joe Perry, the other guy in Aerosmith's book, where he trashed Steven Tyler. And he was like, hell no, I got to go on tour with him next year. I want to love the son of a bitch. <laughs> that was pretty good. Steven Tyler is like one of the most likable people in all of Hollywood. He really yeah, he, is. <laughs> he's a great interview. Yeah. It's funny you said infiltrated too, because I remember at one point seeing a local news report where they were like, multiple TMZ cameramen have been spotted up and down Broadway in downtown Nashville. And it was like, it was just me. There was no <laughs> office. Everyone thought there was a whole office moving out there. Like the office is my apartment. That's funny. I, I remember you going out there. I remember that was like a big deal to have someone in Nashville at the time, mm-hmm. just because there were so many stars. And like, I, I would say, you know, country obviously is already huge, but trying to get more of those stars. Cause I feel like, Harvey noticed that country stars were bringing in a lot of traffic to the website. So he was like, why don't I send someone to where they all live? Uh, it was, yeah. just, it was smart. Did you ever cover Johnny Depp and Amber Heard at all? I did. My experience was, um, you know, Morgan Tremaine, my ex supervisor, he was your ex supervisor too, right Adam? Yes. At one point you were, you were still there. Yeah. He testified about this. There were two instances. There was the bruise video, which Jesse Rowe shot. And then there was the deposition where she was showing up to get a deposition in century city. And, uh, Morgan dispatched a camera person there. That was me. So I had to go down and hide in the underground parking garage of the building. And I think it's the CAA building. It's where those twin towers are in century city. And wait there for like two hours until Amber finally showed up. And then I and a bunch of other camera people who were also hiding in the garage popped out. And we all just like ran up and tried to film her going in. You know, she put her face out. She was, I don't want to say posing, but she was, she was expecting, in my opinion, I don't have any inside information, just my opinion. Okay. But here's the question. How did numerous people know she was going to go for a deposition. Dax, I'm telling you, it was just a big coincidence. We all <laughs> we all happened to be in this underground parking garage on a Saturday morning. No, exactly. That's the crazy thing. And so, you know, I just go where Morgan told me to go. But it's pretty suspicious because there were also camera people upstairs, too, to get the lawyers. Mm hmm. So it was a highly sophisticated operation. That's all I, mean, I can but say. What we always say is like, it's not surprising. It's like 
this is Hollywood. Hollywood is about smoke and mirrors and games and staying relevant and all of those things. And so if staying relevant is part of your game, then you got to tip off the right people, you know, and uh, yeah. and stay on in the headlines. Using the media is nothing new to, to tell your story. You know, it's like, it's so not that did, shocking. What, what did you think of when Morgan was up on the stand? So, you know, Morgan, your, your, your previous supervisor is on the stand at the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. You're listening to him talk, and he is bringing up a moment that you were directly involved with. He is talking about you being at the deposition there filming her. What was that like seeing play out on the big screen? I at first I didn't know any of this was such a big deal. Like this was six years ago. I had shot it at the time. It was a big story then, and I forgot about it. So when Morgan was testifying, I was like, "Oh yeah, I shot the bruise video at the courthouse. <laughs> that was me." And then you know I realized no, I was the other guy. But it was just crazy to see Morgan up there and to realize that I played some small part in it. And uh, then I immediately went and made a YouTube video talking about it, so I could <laughs> get some get some traffic to my page. Absolutely, the smart thing to do: utilize that media attention. How was Amber yeah, Heard? I'm a regular though? Amber Heard. Yeah, was she nice? Was she cool? Like in your past experiences she, from dealing with her? Or? She. Well, the thing, the, getting back to like, was this all a setup? I'd never seen her before. I'd never seen her since. It was my only time dealing with Amber Heard my entire TMZ career. So pretty in person but but she didn't oh yeah yeah pretty tall um didn't speak at all We're trying to get an interview that would have been some for me something better if she decided to use us to give an interview but she just wanted to be seen so you know, whatever absolutely now you know moving on from amber uh, you know sometimes i feel like these situations you know whether people know they're happening or they don't some of these pap crushes can get kind of scary with people running around. Like I think with Amber, if enough people know about it, there's a lot of people running. What is the most dangerous situation that you have been in while working out there in the public? Um, that was, has to be not the scariest, but the most dangerous would have to be earlier this year over Super Bowl weekend when Kodak black got shot outside the nice guy. Um, he showed up with a massive crew, including Gunna and uh, Little Baby, and they were trying to get into the nice guy because Justin Bieber, Bieber was having his after party, but they all couldn't get in. So they're just kind of standing in the middle of La Cienega outside the club. I'm filming, getting B-roll. Nothing's happening. So I say, all right, I'm going to go back to the front of the nice guy, go back across the street. And then a fight breaks out. So I'm thinking, oh, that's perfect. This is going to get posted. Fight outside Justin Bieber after party. Great. Then Kodak jumps in. You see his sideshow Bob Hare. He's swinging on people. And then the shots start firing. And then that's when I was like, okay, well, maybe now I should get out of here. But it wasn't as scary as I thought it would be because like six months earlier, I had been pulling up to a Tiana Taylor after party on Halloween. And I was in the car. And then like one or two car lengths in front of me, shots rang out. The night shift, which I normally didn't work, is the craziest thing. It really is kind of dangerous out there in L.A. Um, so I could have been hit. I wasn't. Uh, I picked up my camera after Kodak's shooting. I waited a little bit just to make sure. 
And did then, you just uh, like jump behind something or what did you do when you started hearing the gunshots going off? I was trying to film it like a good journalist, but then when they kept going off, I ran behind a car and I was like next to some guy with a giant dog for some reason. It was like 1230 at night outside the nice guy. But we hid behind this Jeep and then we kept running down the street. But when we get down the street, we realize this is a cul-de-sac. There's nowhere to go. So I just kind of hid behind a bus or something until the shooting stopped. And then uh, I took picked the camera back up, went back out and captured the scene. That's crazy crazy man so what's the vibe like when you go yeah. back to the office the next day are they like talk like is it just like hey good job are they like how did they comfort you um at this point i didn't have to go back to the office because i would just send my footage in but i did get a nice phone call you know asking if i was okay and it was very sweet but i was just it sounds sick but i was happy i was like you know what because uh, when when I found out Kodak was fine, I was like, "All right, I captured it. I got the shot. It's a big story, you know. That's the job." Yeah. Wow. That's wild, man. Wild, wild, wild. Yeah. It, like you, you don't you don't think about that side of the the business that you know someone does get in a fight in the streets of Hollywood. There, you could get shot just being in the same vicinity as some of someone who has a freaking gun in their back pocket. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was crazy. I was standing right where the shooting happened, like a minute before, too. That's what was even crazier. But, and is it is it pretty competitive with you? Oh, I guess was it competitive with you and other camera guys that were there at the time? Like, not necessarily for this situation, but any situation. You've got a big star coming out. How competitive does it get for camera guys? Um, it never really gets that competitive out here, especially when you're TMZ. Because, first of all, a lot of the other people there are just taking pictures or they're trying to shoot B-roll, but they don't necessarily have questions. So a lot of the other camera people would let us ask the question so they that they could then, yeah, they could sell the video. So, like, sometimes you would see other camera people getting into arguments and scuffles, but I always try to stay above it because I was just like, look, who cares? We're here to shoot this, you know get the shot. That's it. It's not that serious. I, I've heard in New York, it's a lot more competitive. Is that true, Adam? Um, Adam is just the man in New York. I, so there is I, no competition. Oh, thank you, Dax. Um, them all out. Yeah, no, there's not really like, there's not many guys that do what I do in New York. As far as the camera guys, the photographers, for the most part, 90% of them, I get along with them. Um, because again, I'm not really competition with them because they do, again, they do photos. I do video. However, when I first started, that's how it was, but now they're doing video as well. So sometimes I have to say, Hey man, like I won't call anybody, but just don't do video. And cause they try to use my audio for their video and try to sell that video. I'm like, so it doesn't make my video exclusive. So actually now that I'm independent, it would, it, it hurts the value of the video. But, like, I mean, it's pretty chill. Like, most of these guys get it. So it's not too competitive. It was never competitive, for me at least, with other, like, TMZ camera guys. Like, I was always that, just yeah, that, just trying to keep a job. I was just like, I don't care. I, honestly, I was more driven by, like, I want to do as many interviews as possible because I want the chance to interview all these people. I want to meet them. Like, it was just cool. Like, who wouldn't want to go, not go interview, you know, like, Oprah? You know? Like, of course, I want to be the guy. I want to talk to Oprah. So. Yeah. 
No, that, that's, that's true what drives me. Though, yeah. About when you're freelance, it's different because, yeah, you have to sell it. When, us, when we're working for TMZ, we're working for TMZ. We're going to give them the video. They're going to use it. They're going to not. You know, we're still going to get paid. So we don't have to be as thirsty. The biggest thing to avoid is getting in someone else's shot, like especially a camera person when they're about to get that nice full body shot of somebody walking and then you just move in front of them to ask a question. That's what pisses people off. If you can just stay out of shots, you're you're good. Good to know. Um, you had a wild experience with Lamar Odom, if I remember. Walk me back through that that moment that you had with him. We had been this was at the height of his, you know, addiction problems, but before the overdose. And we had been trying to land an interview with him for weeks. Couldn't find him, uh, had gotten some information that he liked to frequent a particular bar in the Valley in Studio City. So I was just hanging out there to see if he would show up. And sure enough, one night he did. And he was in there and he was drinking and having a good time. And then when he came out, I came up. It was just me. There were no other camera people of any kind there. And I was able to just ask all the questions that we had been wanting to ask for weeks I had like a 10 minute conversation with him. You know, it was, uh, it wasn't like the most gregarious conversation, but he was talkative. He asked me questions. You know, he pulled his phone out at one time. Everyone's a paparazzi. And um, we, we communicated and it was big news. Uh, unfortunately, I mean, you know, he's gotten better as we saw, but at that time, it was the biggest story that was going on. So to land that one exclusive was, it was huge. Uh, no, that is huge. You know, and like we obviously talk about Lamar and Lamar's connection with the Kardashian, you know, people are always curious about the Kardashian. What has your experiences been like with the Kardashian family? Well, they barely ever say anything at all because they got to save it for their show. I think, but generally pleasant, you know, they know the game, they come out, they pose. It's just kind of funny sometimes, like when you get Kim exclusive somewhere and you're holding the camera and you're asking questions and she's just, you know, stone faced the entire time until you're done. And then you walk away. Uh, it's like, you know, maybe say something. Chris Jenner is usually cool. She'll, she'll give you a little bit. Kendall is probably the worst. She's only ever talked when she was promoting something. And Chloe, I haven't had success with, but other guys have. They, they've gotten her to say a few words. And then Courtney sometimes get annoyed. She'll, she'll get annoyed if I would keep asking her questions. She'd just be like, stop asking questions. <laughs> Did you ever get anything out of Kim? No, I didn't. <laughs> other people did. Other people did. It's pretty amazing that she doesn't have to say a damn thing and there's still so many photos and videos taken of her on a constant basis. Yeah. Most people, you don't get anything out of them. You're like, eh, don't care. Not, you know, yeah. I'm not going to waste my time on Jessica Alba because she's not going to say a damn word. But oh, Kim, exactly. no one ever stops filming. Yeah, you got to do it. And Kanye, I remember seeing a change in him. Like when he first was with Kim... The first few times that we saw him, he was smiling. He was having a good time. You know, he would talk to people. And then I don't think he realized going into it how large of a 
crush of attention he was going to be under because within like six months he started doing that stuff where he was like don't talk to me don't ask me anything blah 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 so it was just strange to see because they're always everywhere they go there's somebody you know there are guys real paparazzi who sit outside their house called doorstepping and they just wait for them to leave and they go all day and of course they call too so uh it was just interesting to see his change Radio and then eventually he the Kardashians, they call people like Dax Holt and they say, you said a camera guy. Are you saying the Kardashians tip off the paparazzi? They call their favorite paparazzi Dax Holt and they say, please send us a cam. Well, um, it's funny because I, I, I agree with you. The Kardashians are kind of very nice people. Like I've never I've actually like. It's kind of surreal for me to deal with them now because I remember going to the airport for Kim when it was just Kim would walk around by herself. And now it's just such a uh, presence. Like, you know, when Kim's around because it's every single photographer will be there. Like, they're not going to say, oh, it's Kim. I'm going to skip. No. When Kim's around, every every single photographer is going to be working Kim. Who was the one celebrity that you had the best chemistry with? Uh, Gotta be... Chrissy Teigen or Floyd Mayweather like Chrissy and I I had a a run of like eight or nine straight interviews where it was posted every single time because not every interview gets used for various reasons but we seemed to connect she she was opinionated she was smart she was funny she knew what we were doing and so I was always able to get good stuff with Chrissy and then Floyd when he's feeling up to it, because he doesn't need the publicity necessarily, when he wants to put on a show and show off his watches and pull money out of his car and show you around his car and, and just like, you know, be a little bit of a ham when he's shopping at Neiman Marcus on Rodeo or whatever, that was the best. Even though I think that if Floyd saw me right now, he would have no idea who I am. Uh, he would not recognize me at all, even though I've interviewed him probably a dozen or more times. But, Isn't that yeah. crazy? He knows Adam pretty well. I mean, listen, I don't know his phone number, but we have a good relationship. But yeah, it's Floyd is interesting that in that way where he's very, very it's it's people will disagree on it. But like, no, he's very smart. He he's very he knows when to to make a question real an answer really good. And he knows what's going to get buzz. So it's just he's he's. I don't want to say he's moody, but it's like sometimes he's down to put on a show and have a great interview. And sometimes he'll tell me like, hey, not today, but he's like, I'm cool with him. Like he's nice about it. And, you know, I, I remember when I first started and the first time I saw Floyd, he wasn't great to me. And it was actually very intimidating. And I remember the, the security being sort of aggressive with me and a little getting a little bit pushy with me. But now we have a good relationship where I kind of go up to Floyd beforehand, like Floyd, do you want to do something today? And that's how it kind of works with him and he's cool about it like it's yeah. he gets it you basically put together that mayweather mcgregor fight didn't i did you? through various interviews i did yeah, yeah yeah i did so we have and he knows and he's given me props for that and we have and we have a good relationship and a million dollars dude. and a million dollars you got a million dollars from floyd mayweather for that <laughs> yeah so that was really good that was nice um in crypto in yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so now i'm screwed um no but we uh yeah we have a good relationship and when i say good it's like i'm cool with his team like when i see them like i know his bodyguards so they're all they're all very nice to me who would you say is the 
celebrity that you had so you had chemistry with those people but who's the one you had the best relationship with where it was just like oh hey dante like oh you know, like who was that person for you um probably tiffany haddish i i would see her a lot like there was one point when I was trying to put together a movie between uh, with her and Dan Aykroyd. I had asked him about making a sequel to Blues Brothers, and he was like, oh, I got a script for Soul Sisters sitting on my desk right now. And I was like, you should put Tiffany Haddish and Cardi B. There's your Soul Sisters. And so and then I was trying to get her and talk to her, and I would see her every year at the Laugh Factory when they do their Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving yeah. free meal for people. So she's always been really cool. She's, uh, she's good. Um, God, who was it? At one point, I felt like I had something of a relationship with Al Pacino because I would see him at Ebaldi every day for like two years straight. And uh, I wouldn't always interview him because you don't want to just overload people and feel like you're always trying to get something with them. But, you know, I would I had a few good interviews with him and I would chat him up off camera sometime. That's cool. I mean, that's a that's a huge, yeah, it's huge legend right there to have any sort of relationship with. Was there ever a situation that, like, when you were in the middle of it, you were just like, holy shit, how did I end up here? How how am I in this moment right now? Mm, um, I mean, other than being shot at in the middle of the night. Yeah, I was going to say, that was one. Uh, there was one early on that I was kind of not expecting. So my dad used to, uh, he since passed on, but he was used to be married to Rosanna Arquette, the actress Your back dad? in the early eighties. Yeah. That's crazy. Before she was really famous. And so one day, like 10 years ago, she's walking down Bedford and I was like, I got nothing. Screw it. Hey, weren't you married to my dad once? And she was like, Watch you, who's your father? I told her his name and she was like, oh, why would you be doing this for a career? <laughs> and then, <laughs> You know, I was just like, look, what do you want from me? Times are tough. <laughs> but they made <laughs> it funny in the office. Like, but It's kind of a jerky response. How about, yeah, yeah I was married to him. And then start talking about that. Yeah, it was just surreal because I'd never met her before. I'd heard mm -hmm. about her growing up. But like my first time meeting her is with the camera. Did your dad have nice stories to say about her? Yeah, he was cool. And he enjoyed the clip. He enjoyed when they, they roasted her a little bit. But. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, so, but what you had, like, didn't you have P. Diddy, like, was a wild situation when you were with P. Diddy and he kind of, what was that? Tell me about that story. That was surreal. We had heard that P. Diddy was hiking alone in Runyon Canyon. And this was shortly after his ex, Kim Porter, had died. So I race up there and I see him walking down the street. I pull my car over. I run down with the camera. He gives me a nice little soundbite, you know, it was cool. And then he was like, hey, man, uh, do you uh, do you have a phone charger? I said, yeah, it's up in my car. Let me, I'll go get it. So the car was all the way up the hill. I thought, screw it, I'll just drive down. Of course, I put the top down, you know, it was a Mustang. And when I pull up, he looks at me, he looks at the car, and he's like, are you going over to Sunset Boulevard? You think you could take me over to Sunset? I was like, of course, get in. And so he gets in. <laughs> I'm figuring, I'm thinking to myself, how can I take advantage of this? How can I like pull my camera out and ask him to be on my Instagram or something? And I turn and he's on his Instagram and what? he's already recording it and talking about it. So <laughs> it was huge. And what did he say? What was his, what was his was version like, of the story? 
He's like, man, I bumped into the Good Samaritan, Dante, covering for TMZ. You know, he gave me a ride. It was really nice. And like all these people started following me on Instagram and messaging like, oh, thank you so much for taking care of Diddy in his time of need. (laughs) (laughs) That's so awesome. That's a fun story. Now, that is definitely a holy shit moment. Yeah, that's a good one. So we do a little thing about a speed round. And Dante, I want you not really to think about the answer, but not give us to, I want to, the th- first thing that kind of comes to mind. Um, yeah, we don't need, no story, just first person, name that pops into your head, just go with it. Got it. It's like family feud, celebrity style. Okay. All right. So I'm going to start first. Is that cool, Dax? Yeah. I'm going to start it. Let's do something nice. The nicest celebrity. Nicest celebrity, Henry Winkler. Funniest Such a nice celebrity. Guy. David Spade. Best lurk best looking in person male. Mmm, Brad Pitt. Best looking woman. God, it was um she, I gotta say Angelina Jolie. Yeah, she is. <laughs> you, you creepy. Not ex. now, but like ten years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, who was the person that got you starstruck? Ringo Starr. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, scariest celeb. Buster Ryan. No, no, Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson, like, he was nice, but it just I felt nervous. Yeah, but you're always going to say Buster Rhymes, and I would agree with you on that as well. Because he's just... <laughs> yeah, he, he, he's, I don't know it's what not, his problem he, is. Yeah, he's just sort of a dick. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But that goes... Well, who's the biggest phony? Biggest phony. Jeez. I don't know. I want to say Kendall Jenner because she'll turn it on when she's promoting. And then when she's not, she's just like, oh, okay. Biggest celeb name in your phone. Kanye West. Yes. How'd you get that? (laughs) I interviewed him after he made those slavery remarks on SNL. I think Uh, something about slavery and not that it was a choice. It was the other slavery remark. And then afterward, I I was putting my camera down. And he came walking back up to me, and he's staring at me with like these blank, dead eyes. Like, listen, man, we're gonna help everybody. What's your number? And I gave him my number, and then he called me. He's like, now you have my number. <laughs> I was like, okay, thank you. <laughs> this was back Kanye. when he was a little, you know, crazy, but it's still in there. Have you tried it? I'm, I'm scared to call it. <laughs> what if he wants me to come over or something? And I can't get out. I just want to he, play it, call him right now and just let's just hear his answering machine. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's Kanye. I can't get to the phone right now. Leave a message. Hey, Kanye. What if he just picks up like Dante? <laughs> it's been three hey, years. This is Dax and Adam. Just wondering if you can stop on by the Hollywood Raw podcast. <laughs> um, biggest entourage. Usually Floyd, but that one night with Kodak, it was uh, it was Kodak. It was okay, like fifty so people. I'm gonna put a a little switch on it. Not the celeb, but the biggest asshole entourage. So the the entourage that you're just like, oh fuck these guys. Um, I hate to keep going back to it, but I got in an argument with one of the guys in Kodak's entourage while I was filming it. There's like a hundred people started shooting him. This was before I start. I pulled the gun out. No, <laughs> and I'm in the sea of people filming. And this guy, the one white guy in the crowd starts saying, 
hey man put that camera down like leave us i was like dude there's a hundred people here get off my dick okay <laughs> turn around and then you know he did but that was it usually people's entourages aren't that crazy um the one celeb who uh, who isn't into it but is very nice uh willem defoe Nice guy, actually. Nice. I, I, he's actually a very nice. I've talked to him a little bit. And he's actually a very nice guy. I see him a lot in New York City. He's nice. He's just like he he talked a little bit, and he was like, "That's enough now. Thank you." <laughs> that sounds like him too. <laughs> That's a good impression. Uh, give me one celeb that just loves the attention when the camera comes out. Loves the attention when the camera comes out. Jeez. It's hard to say because I mostly shoot people when they want to be shot. Adam, can, can you name one first? Maybe they'll trigger Paris something in my mind. Um, oh, I mean, yeah, Paris, yeah. That's a, Let's give them a biggest one celebrity who loves the attention. Um, Bai Ling. Bai Ling. The biggest hand, yeah. But we're talking celebrities, Dax. <laughs> she hasn't been on the show, has she? She's no. no. <laughs> um, the one who loves the attention. You know, surprisingly, Pacino. Julia Fox. When I present. Oh, yeah, I haven't shot her. But one time I, I had nothing to talk to Pacino about and it was around the holidays. So I'm like, well, what if I present him with the Paparazzi Award? Because it was he was going to be nominated for the Irishman. So I bought a cheap Christmas ornament from Rite Aid. And when he came out, I was like, the 2019 Beverly Hills Paparazzi <laughs> Award goes to Al Pacino. And then all of a sudden he starts going like, oh, oh thank you. <laughs> and then he looked at it. He was like, there's there's nothing on it. <laughs> I, started to I started to feel bad. I was like, oh, shit, it's, it's a joke. He doesn't realize that it's not a real award. The only That's award awesome. he won that year, by the way. He didn't win an Oscar or anything. <laughs> um, who's the biggest asshole? Busta Rhymes. Every time, like he shows up to the opening of Tao, every celebrity is there. There's a bunch of camera people. You know what's going to happen. And yet he's still like, no, man, put the camera down. What do you want? Blah, blah. Like, dude, just <laughs> chill. Just walk in quietly at the very least if you don't want to engage. Yeah. You know, what's so funny about him. He's one of those guys who he shows up. He like he's still like no celebrities really go to clubs in New York. But he's the only one that still does because they go and they treat him like a celebrity and they'll give him like free drinks and they put him in his corner. So I remember like years ago I was at the club and I thought it'd be funny. He's like, oh, there's Busta Rhymes there. And I could just see him being a dick and stand in the corner. So I went up to the DJ. I was like, hey, Busta wants you to play one of his songs. The guy was like, all right, cool. And the guy put on Busta's song and he was so pissed. He was like, y'all, like I just saw his face like and everyone's looking at him like, are you going to perform? And he was so pissed off. It was just got really awkward. Yeah, Busta Rhymes. Oh, Re what's that guy? Russell Brand. He used to be terrible yeah. when he was around. Yeah, you don't see him much anymore. Also changed a lot. Yeah, but you just don't see him anymore. Yeah, he's just yeah, not even. He had to move back. He had to flee to England. Oh, and Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell really? is one of those guys. Oh yeah, he is always. No, don't tell me Will Ferrell's an asshole. He don't said you it. particularly. He said fuck Dax, but <laughs> Will will. Like, look at you. I remember I was at the airport once and he started like putting his shoulder into me as I was trying to talk what? to him. And they're like, yeah, like, this is just this might be the most surprising thing we have ever heard on the on the podcast. I I would bet that and, Will Ferrell was the nicest, most generous guy out there to everyone that he comes in contact with. Nope. And you know what? He also qualifies for biggest phony because you think that 
and he's not. And every other camera guy who's ever gotten him will tell you the same thing. Total dick. Wow. Mind. The guy is a regular Dax Holt. He's a total <laughs> dick. <laughs> What's the best Mexican food place in L.A.? Best Mexican food place in L.A. is such a hard question. I feel like there isn't a good Mexican place around here. Like some people will say El Compadre. It's definitely not Gracias Madre, the vegan Mexican place across from Craig's. Um, <laughs> I like a place called Tex-Mex, but it's not even around anymore. So honestly, I Chipotle. <laughs> <laughs> Um, best celeb hotspot. Craig's for 10 years running. That's the one place where you're it's 99% guaranteed to see a celeb. Is Craig's it's pretty amazing that it's stayed around this long. Cause normally in LA hotspots come and go very quickly. You get like a boa and for three years it's huge. And then it just kind of fades into nowhere, even though it's still there. Yeah. Craig's consistently this for years and yeah. years and years. It really is amazing. Does Craig's and like the attention still... too? Do are they cool with it? Like they they enjoy this? Yeah, yeah. They they could if they wanted to do something to clear out, you know, the the paps and the graphers that hang out there. But it's the scene. They like it. Craig always comes outside and he's like, you know, kind of well, nice. He looks like I Jimmy think, Kimmel. I think because they've embraced it, it's what's keeping it essentially on the map everyone knows about craig's you know what i'm saying like it's the the spot to go to and it's because you're always hearing about it always seeing it in photos and this and that and so i think they're smart for embracing the the, the photographers yeah. and everyone that's out there and, and you know if people don't want to be seen they can go in the back and leave through the back yeah you know what's the most random spot you've ever run into a celeb uh well, this was before TMZ. I was up in Big Sur, California, up on the coast at this place called Esalen, which is like this new age spiritual retreat. They've got these natural hot springs carved into the cliffs and it's clothing optional. So I was in the shower area before you go in and who's in there fully naked? Chloris Leachman. <laughs> this was a co-ed get naked this, shower yeah yeah it's it's very it's very progressive you know you're just in there everybody's there it's it's like a spiritual thing it's under the moonlight the lady you don't want to see naked <laughs> that's <laughs> great surprising but who is the celebrity that you run into the most i mean muhammad hadid is the mayor of Beverly Hills, basically. Gigi and Bella's father, if anyone doesn't know. He's there every day. Um, Prince von Anhalt. Jaja's mm -hmm. ex. And then for a while, it's weird because this stopped happening, but the real housewives of Beverly Hills were in Beverly Hills all the time. Now they're not. But like Kyle Richards, who's one of the coolest that celebs. That's because Vanderpump was always getting them to come down to her restaurant. Yeah. So that yeah. was like the big it was it was kind of like a plot point there, you know, like come down to my different restaurants, film here. So they were always going out and going down there. Yeah. So Dante, you actually no before we go into show, hold on. I, so before we even get to Dante's show, I want to do one more thing with Dante. I, I, I Dante, sorry, I'm I'm ruining your plug, but I just want to do one more thing, okay? Dax and I are gonna give some celebrity names. 
And I want you to give the one word, your opinion on your experience with them. Okay, so we'll go back and forth. I'll say a name, then Dante, uh, then Dax will say a name. And just give me one word like cool, dick, nice, not into it, uh, very funny, whatever comes to your mind, okay? Um, let's. Okay. I'm going to start first, Dax, okay? Um, Miranda Kerr. Never seen her. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. Taylor Swift. Tall, pretty. Logan Paul. Cool, nice guy. Pink. Never seen her. Harrison Ford. Stares at you and then just gets in his car. Dave Matthews. Nice. Conan O'Brien. Funny. On. Tara Reid. Trashy. Never seen her. <laughs> Charlie. I love her. She's the best. I'm I know. Sorry. She's. I I'm sure Reed. she's cool. <laughs> Charlie D'Amelio. Never seen her. By the way, let's just stop one second. If I have not seen them, do you still want my opinion? <laughs> yes. No. Just say Instead I haven't seen them. Never seen. No. Them? Yeah. Keep going and never seen them. Uh, Payne okay. Anderson. Quiet. Tommy Lee. Never seen him. <laughs> uh, Bryce Hall. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Dr. Dre. Wants you to ask him first. Okay, my last one, Ariana Grande. Never seen her. Sorry, Dad. My last one. You've been for the last 10 years. <laughs> my Just last one. Beverly Hills. <laughs> uh, Jessica Simpson. Pleasant. Okay. Pleasant. Pleasant ish. Not and not interesting. You know, so many of these people will just show they 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 walk, they get in the car, they do their thing, but they don't give you anything. They're not interesting. They just you know. All right, one last one last one for me. I'm curious, Addison Ray. Nice, professional. Okay. All right. Cool. All right, let's I'm get impressed. out of your plug now, Dante. You've got a a show on YouTube called the Dante Greco Show. If uh, if people go search it out, what are they going to get when they get to your YouTube page? So it's a mixture of podcasts. Like I do a, a show every week with Jesse Rowe, the other ex TMZ guy that you had on recently, mm -hmm. and then I also will just give my takes on current events, or I'll try to make little funny videos in addition to making videos where I tell TMZ stories like this. You know, I did one on the Amber Heard thing. I did one on Kodak Black, and there's a lot more stories to come. So you're going to get a mix of me and my life. I like it. And speaking of your life, you have a girlfriend that you also do another show with called The Los Angeles Couple. That's also on YouTube. What's her name, by the way? Yes, that's right. Her name is Evie Matavelli. She's a descendant of Machiavelli. I like and, uh, you know, the Catholic Church is trying to kill her. No. That was her family back in the uh, historical days. Anyways, not funny. <laughs> um, we do a show. It's like a YouTube. We kind of talk about things. We review things. The Los Angeles couple is very creative. It's like the Washington football team. You know, we put a lot of thought into the name. And it's just a funny kind of couple's vlog. It's not a lifestyle vlog. It's just us talking. I like it, dude. I like it. Well, if you guys want to check out any of those shows, the Dante Greco show or the Los Angeles couple, 
uh, go ahead, search them out on YouTube. Um, listen, Dante, you have great stories. I, I know that you have a lot more, and I'm sure that uh, people will get some great entertainment out of it if they go and subscribe to your YouTube page. So do that. Um, thank you so much for stopping by, buddy. It was good to chat with you. I, r- before this started, Dante and I were chatting, and I'm like, and he said, I don't think I've ever actually talked to you in person, Dak. And that I <laughs> no, think we, is absolutely true. Like, we, we worked together for how many years? I mean, eight yeah, years or something? It's just that disconnect between the office and the field guys. We were just never at the same place at the same time. I think I saw you once at the Grove here in L.A., and I just kept it pushing. I was like... <laughs> <laughs> You're like that asshole. I don't really know Dax. And today's not the day to meet him, so... <laughs> Well, it was good to officially have a chat, even after being your coworker for like eight straight years and us never having a single conversation. That's right. Hopefully this is the last. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Adam, it's great to talk to you. Good to see you, bud. You're the best. I was talking to Gary Delabate, Howard Stern's producer about you outside Craig's. I, was um, this, how long ago was this? This is a couple months ago. You know, oh. two or three months ago. I, Gary's great. He's he's. A, I I love Gary. I used to work for him. Um, but he's. I I'm actually very close. Gary's actually so sweet. He wrote me a note. Like he texted me like three weeks ago just to say hi. Like hey, I just want to see how you're doing. I was like, Gary, thanks, bud. I'm doing all right. How you doing? Yeah. Um, but nothing I, but nice things to say about. Yeah, he's you. great. He was like, oh, I always thought Adam's gift was just being able to, you know, just go up to anybody and talk to him. Be like, hey, Gary, here's Bill Clinton. Yeah. Here's Post Malone. It, Gary, meet them. So, so that's what I did. It's funny. I So I was in Miami for the Super Bowl. I was with Post I wasn't with. I got Post Malone, but he was still – I was interviewed him for like five minutes. And then I left Post Malone, and then I was walking down. I saw Gary, and he was by himself. I was like, what's up, Gary? I was like, Gary, you want to come meet Post Malone? He's like – yeah, actually, I would. So then I brought Gary to go meet Post Malone, and he was like, "Dude, that was so nice." Of you. I was like, "No, I was just happy yeah. that it was just worked out. It was like in the right situation." Right, so it's kind of funny. And then Post was on the show, so yeah, look at you. That's what we did. But Dante, you were great, man. Thank you so much. I love our stories. I love those. I, Dude, the, you can't say this is not the best podcast in all of entertainment news. Like this shit is so fascinating. It's so interesting. No one else is getting these stories. So I, I just love what we do sometimes. I really do. It's fun. I, I don't know. I enjoy it. But there's the crazy part is, I'm not tooting myself, but like Dante, even though he told us a lot, he still has so many more stories. It's it's so great. It's so fun. It's so funny. It's interesting. It's unique. I, I, could, I love hearing those stories. It's so great, man. But know what's so funny? I'm going to go sub to his show right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. I want to hear more stories. Yeah, check out his YouTube show. Know what's so funny? From my experience from dealing with celebrities, they also love hearing these stories. They want to hear who's cool, who's a dick, who's not. They love hearing this stuff. That's the funniest. That's like how, like when I'm trying to win a celebrity over, I'm not going to lie, that's sometimes what you have to do, or someone who's, they want to hear the dirt or the tea too. They love these stories. Sorry, I'm, I'm literally subscribing to his show right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, make sure you subscribe to his show. Thank you guys for listening. Um, we're on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. We're on it all. Uh, Instagram, it's the Hollywood Raw Pod. We also have a private Facebook group um, where we... Off the record. Off the record, where if you go on our Facebook page, and it's stuff that we can't really, for legal reasons, put on the 
podcast, but if you go on our Facebook page, it's where all of our fans are kind of unite and talk shit and talk smack about celebrities and what's going on about the industry. And you guys ask us questions, we'll answer you right there. It is probably the easiest way to get a hold of us, 100%. 100%. Uh, make sure you follow me at, at Adam Glenn. Follow Dax Holt on all social media platforms. Leave a review, five-star, few kind words. It's the easiest thing you do to help support us. We'll talk to you guys later. A Huda Media Production.